I'm reading from John, the second chapter, the Gospel of John, the second chapter. And we're going to read a grand old story that you are you all are very familiar with. I want us to take another look at it, if you will. John, the second chapter, verses 1 through 11. If you're there, say, I'm there. Fantastic. And the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage don't don't hasten through this reading please i'm going to point out some details that sometimes we just rush past because we're so familiar with the story okay both jesus and his disciples now remember he has not had a ministry yet okay he has just gathered these gentlemen and the only reason they're following him is because john suggested they do so Remember, never has there been a miracle occur. Jesus has not yet ever done anything substantial that has been recorded biblically. All that has occurred is the baptism of John of Jesus. And from that, we do know that John heard a voice and, and Jesus heard a voice. And uh, then there was this suggestion of John the Baptist that his disciples ought to follow Jesus. But... They're just not certain about who Jesus is, but the scripture says they are his disciples. All right. Are you still with me? And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto him, they have no wine. Jesus said unto her, woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. His mother saith unto the servants, isn't it nice how mama can transition and talk to who she wants to talk to? Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. And there were set there six water pots of stone, and after the manner of the purifying of the Jews, containing two or three firkins apiece. Jesus saith unto them, fill the water pots with water. And I want you to notice this next verse. It's a critical verse. It speaks to uh, the disposition of the servants. And they filled them up to the brim. Is that the kind of church services you come to have? Do you come to have church to the brim? Do you make sure your service of praise is to the brim? And there he said unto them, Draw out now and bear unto the governor of the feast. And they bear it. When the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, and knew not... Whence it was, but the servants which drew the water knew. The governor of the feast called the bridegroom and said, saith unto him, Every man at the beginning that set forth good wine. And when men hath well drunk, then that which is worse. But thou, you're different. Thou hast kept the good wine until now. This beginning of miracles. Everybody say beginning of miracles. Did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth his glory? And this is an interesting statement that many of us have missed. 
and his disciples believed on him. Oh, you thought they had already believed on him? Oh, you thought because people came to church that they believed? Oh, you thought because they left John that they were believers? This is in there for a reason. So we're going to just look at this for a little bit tonight. And I want to talk about the miracle of plenty. The miracle of plenty. Uh, I, I love where you guys live. And in fact, tomorrow morning at 9-11, I will be watching the sky. Because what is common to you and is common on my YouTube is I love rockets. I watch them. Uh, I own Starlink. I have it hooked up at my church, and I continually use Starlink. I appreciate what Elon Musk is doing. I appreciate the space industry, and I could talk a long time about that, but I will not. Uh, but on my 40th birthday, I was given a letter from Jim Kennedy, the director of NASA. And for that birthday party, he wrote me a letter that, it goes like this. It says, David, when I was told of your 40th birthday celebration, isn't it nice when the director of NASA writes to you personally, calls you by name as if you're besties? <clears throat> so let's pretend that we were besties, okay? David, uh, when I was told of your 40th birthday celebration, a ma major NASA milestone immediately came to mind. This year, 2006 was the year, don't count. <clears throat> we celebrated our crawler transport's 40th year of service. Only the crawler can tell the story of how patience and performance are such close partners in human spaceflight. Yes, our space shuttle hurdles into space in less than eight minutes. And yes, the orbiter circles the entire Earth in only 90 minutes, traveling roughly 17,500 miles per hour. But the speed of space travel is enabled by the patient persistence of the crawler which tops out at one miles per hour when carrying its burden. In 40 years of service, Jim wrote me, <laughs> the crawler has traveled the same path back and forth to the launch pad, totaling about 3,700 miles. Its burden is never less than 12 million pounds. It has carried seven different, and now eight, seven different launch Vehicles ranging from the Apollo Saturn V rocket to the space shuttle. And now it's been traveling the latest ULA rocket. And it will carry, continue to carry this high-performance space program into the future. So, he said, on your 40th birthday, continue to reach for the stars, but don't forget. It's the patient persistence of the burden bearer that makes it all happen. Shall I repeat that to all of you blessed Wednesday night church occupants? It is the patient, persistent of the burden bearers that makes it all happen. I have often looked at this first miracle of Jesus and wondered what was the purpose of it. Because of all the miracles of Jesus, it seemed as if there was a regal cause involved it was somebody that was at dire straits or in great need or there was a death present or a disease 
had riddled the body of an occupant and God came through. Or a demon had thrown a child into a father, a fire and a father was desperate. Or a mama was at the end of the road walking in front of a casket. It was not hard to comprehend the miracles of Jesus when you look at them one by one and piecemeal the purpose of the miracles. Yet this first miracle of Jesus catches us off guard if you're looking at it from a a purpose-driven perspective. The mother of Jesus is the perpetrator of this event, and uh, she only appears curiously twice in all of the Gospel of John. I love the Gospel of John. I, uh, as you all are, I love the Bible. I'm a student of the Word. I love to look at each Gospel standalone, why and what and how, and it informs the narrative of the entire puzzling put together of the Word. The Gospel of John is known as what they call the atoptic Gospel. That means it stands alone. The first three, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, come together. They're synoptic. Uh, They're synonymous. They speak of miracles. And uh, the, the 33 miracles, recorded miracles of Jesus, most of them are recorded in those three Uh, synonymous gospels but john is written much later it is written potentially maybe the law the last one of the last books of the bible in fact some surmise the last book of the bible is the gospel of john written after the book of revelations and so whether it was or not i am not here to fuss about my point is this it's as if john decided some things might have slipped through the cracks and he wanted to make sure if you've missed anything, I'm going to make some things plain to you. So you certainly never miss it. And if it wasn't for John, we would have missed some great stories. We would have missed the story of Nicodemus coming to Jesus after dark. If it wasn't for John, we would have missed that glorious story of a woman by the well talking to Jesus at noonday heat. We would have missed so much that John brought to us. He was not enamored with miracles. He doesn't speak very much of miracles. He is not also taken by crowds. He's not all that concerned with likes and follows. He's also not so enamored with the layout of genealogies. While Matthew, Mark, and Luke start out by speaking of who begat who, John just says in the beginning, He takes us back to the beginning to say, if you want to fuss about who begat who and who came from where and who did what, I just want to let you know Jesus supersedes everything. And so it's John that takes us to this crisis in the kitchen. And it's Mama who's only mentioned twice in John. And you know, many times when we preach this story of the miracle at uh, Cana, this turning of water into wine, which the modern-day Christendom love because they're trying to become, well, no, let me rephrase that. (laughs) It just seems like anybody's trying to get the Spirit in the church, and the only way they can find the Spirit in the church is by bringing in the wine. When you really get the Spirit, you'll have new wine. Anyway. I'm meddling. Uh, My point is, is that the Holy Ghost is that spirit that John was speaking of. In fact, it was John that said the spirit was not yet given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. And those who are intellectually honest will tell you 
that there was a distinction between the wine of that day and the wine in your public's supermarket. But everybody doesn't want that kind of honesty, so we'll just walk on. But Jesus on that day had come back from his first time away from home. He had not left home for 30 years. For 30 years he had been there for mama. His dad, Joseph, which was his dad on earth, obviously, had died somewhere along the way. And Jesus had brothers and sisters that he loved. I imagine having Jesus as an older brother was probably special. (laughs) And uh, I imagine just like I've got four kids. And when the older brother walks in the room, I'm just telling you, all the rest have this amazing back and forth when Austin shows up that is indescribable. The party can go on, but it's just complete when the oldest walks in the room. And I'm sure, as every mother in this house with children can attest to, Mary felt that way about her first baby. And this was a wedding party, and I don't know if you know about weddings, but I just had a wedding recently my oldest daughter had a wedding in january and i learned a lot this past year that i didn't know i needed to know (laughs) but i learned about weddings and there's a lot of pressure with weddings i've discovered why the tears seem to be present when weddings come up i still don't understand the tears but i I told somebody at a wedding just uh, a a couple weeks ago and in fact it was last week i have a young man in my church who has a fiance that just had a venue cancel unexpectedly on him and it was just this sunday he came up to me and she's there and uh, and she was telling me she said well there's a lot of tears and he said i just didn't understand it brother i said i called his name and i said let me tell you something about the tears but you don't have to understand them just wait on them Because for all the expectations on all the hopes that are built around the wedding, those dreams of a a little lady, a little princess, and even the dreams of a mama wanting to celebrate her little queen, and all of that's wrapped up. Well, in that day there wasn't a lot of going back and forth between the men's areas and the women's areas in that modern day Judea. But there was these areas that were, there was some mixing between the areas. And I'm sure Jesus and his disciples had come from this southern region where he had just been baptized in the regions round about Jordan. It was not a close proximity to where he went to this marriage supper at Cana. The geographical uh, story tells us he had traveled quite a bit to get there. But they had all been invited to the wedding. And that's a big deal too, I found out. You got to have the church mad at me because I couldn't afford to invite them all to the wedding. <laughs> uh, not really. And so here is this story, and 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 Jesus and the disciples are there. Mama knows the story of the neighborhood. She is close to her friends, and Jesus has been her fix-it fellow. For years now I'm sure all of you men are great handy men my wife thinks I am 
And if anything needs to get done at the house, I'm telling you, on the way to church tonight, there was a big storm in South Florida. And on the way to church tonight, my wife is showing me our ring camera where I have a break in the gutter system. And it's telling me how my church, my house is about to fall down because the water is coming through a wrong crack in the gutter system. This happened not an hour ago. I'm sure all of you men are about to celebrate what I'm telling you. But you women don't understand what I'm talking about. I am right now a failure because I have a crack in the gutter system and it's got to be fixed. Why isn't it fixed before nightfall? Because the house will be falling down. Well, Mary was just that kind of a mama and the Lord had taken her, Joseph, from her and Jesus. He had been a handyman. We know he was probably the best handyman in Nazareth. And when Mary came to Jesus, all she knew was there was a crisis in the kitchen. And there is nowhere in the scripture that tells us that she was anticipating a miracle. There was nowhere that she was expecting Jesus to do what he did. I know we read a lot into it. We've even said, wow, she knows who he is and she's about to bring him in to who he is to be. But I don't think the scripture says that at all. In fact, she has never seen him perform a miracle. She has never seen him walk on water. She has never seen him do any of these things. And he says, woman, my time is not yet. And John only mentions her twice. So I have heard those who say that Jesus was being a little smart with her when he said, woman. And that's okay if you don't want to study your Bible. But that's not what he's doing. Because do you remember who Jesus gave his mother to on the cross? You remember who that was? Yeah, it's the guy writing the book. And do you remember that I told you the mother of Jesus is only mentioned twice in this book? Would you happen to imagine the second time Jesus' mother is mentioned in the book where that happens to be? At the cross. And you know who tells that story? John. And what word does John choose to use while Jesus is hanging on the cross? To tell his mother to please leave me and let me die. While he's hanging there, he said, John, behold thy mother. Woman. Do you think it was this smart aleck woman that he said in first and second John? No, it's the same loving, affectionate mama kind of language. Where he's saying it with the most loving care of, I'm going to take care of you, mama. You are the love of my heart and you come first. And that's what he said to her from the cross when he said, mama, would you please go with John and let him take care of you so I can die. It's the same woman that is used here in John, the second chapter, when he says, mama, my time is not yet. And she knows he's fixed Susie down the path's front door. He, she's fixed Elizabeth's uh, uh, saddle. He, he's fixed the cabinets down there in Sarah's front porch. She's got a whole Nazareth where Jesus has fixed things for her. And he's finally come back and she's not sure if he's going to be fooling in his ministry. I remember going home after I first started evangelizing and mama said, 
David, the trash needs to be taken out. And I wanted to stand up and say, do you know I'm a licensed minister of the gospel? Do you have any clue what kind of an altar call I have rendered? No, she's mama. And that's the wrestling tessel that we're witnessing in John 2. That we miss because we've already got Jesus in the full flower of anointing. But he's not there. Mama just needs something done. And his disciples were just following him because they loved what John had to say. And they were telling one another, we think this guy is the Messiah. This is the Messiah. This might be the Messiah. But it was just talk. And the reason we know that is because later on, here's a few points that I'm going to close with as I, as I bring, draw this to a close. This is a, a, a story where she tells him and, and he tells the servants. And John goes to a special a point to say, nobody in the house knew there was a crisis going on except the servants that had to get the pots. You think there was some trumpets blasted saying, wow, he's about to do something amazing. Everybody gather around. No, John said, nobody knew except for the servants. They were the only ones that knew. And later on, the disciples were saying, why didn't you tell somebody? And he said, oh, it didn't matter. I'm not out there trying to get likes and follows. And they could not comprehend him. Why are you doing what you're doing? This was part of the problem with the family. Because Mary knew what he did. The disciples knew what he did. The servants knew what he did. But the governor of the feast had no clue what just happened. The governor has hired help. He comes in and he's the father. He's the one that comes in and helps the wedding get done. I mean, if there's any problem, you know, the people supply and, and the family, they didn't know they were really out. Only there was this problem in the kitchen because the governor of the feast saw this supply that just started showing up. So he goes to the family. It's solved in the kitchen before the family really even knows about it. Because he shows up to the family and said, you guys are different. Here's how I know you're different. Most families serve the best at the first. And when nobody's really thirsty, then or they're well drunk. That's what the scripture says. Then they'll serve the rest. It's not so quality. But you are a different kind of family. You serve the best last and they just thought, yeah, that's the way we roll. And the governor of the feast was just shocked and nobody knew it but the disciples. And the Bible says and the, the Lord was glorified and the disciples from that point on began to believe on him. Mm. You know why you're in the church house on a Wednesday common summer night like this? Not because you're just hanging around gawking, but there's something deep in the fabric of your soul that you found your way past whatever stress load you have in front of you. And you said, let me get to the house of the Lord. There's some communion that's going to happen. There's some prayer that's going to occur. There's some worship that's going to happen. I'm not sure who's going to preach tonight, but I know the Lord is going to be in the house. And I'm not just a follower and a gawker. I'm somebody who's standing on the promises of Christ my King. Through eternal ages, let his praises ring.
glory in the highest, I will shout and sing. Standing on the promises. And yet, here's the thing that is so stunning to me. Is when you try to break down the purpose of the miracle. The very first miracle. And what John says, this is the beginning of miracles. And you try to put a a title on. Why did this happen? Why did he step up and perform this miracle? Because of a kitchen crisis. First of all, I want to tell you, there's no crisis in your life that's too small for him to step up for. If you think all you've got a problem with right now is just kitchen problems, it's not too small for the Lord to step up. It may not be a demon in the back room. It may not be some kind of a disease that's got you invalided out. It may not be some kind of a leprosy that's screaming all through the fabric of your body. No, it just might be a sink problem in the kitchen just while you sit over it doing your dishes. And the Lord says, I know all of the crises in your kitchen and I've got it all in the palm of my hand and never fear for I am with thee lo I am with you always even unto the end of the world I cannot tell you how many hot lonely days when I didn't sure wasn't sure if God knew my address or if he still had the number of hairs on my head numbered but I could lean on the fact that he knew my name that while I was in my mother's womb he still knew me that he knew my uprising and he knew when I would lay down he knew the way that I take and when he was through with me that I would come forth as pure gold tried in the fire Jesus knows all about our troubles he will guide till the day is done there's not a friend like the lowly Jesus No, not one. No, not one. See, that's more than a song. (laughs) Did you feel what just walked up all over you? That that wasn't my talented voice. (laughs) That was you walking through the valley where you knew you had to lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lifted up your everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. He is the King of glory. Mm. Y'all heard about that woman that uh, was desperate to get it right in her life. And uh, Sister Elms come. She very concerned so she she married four men she married a banker and an actor and a preacher and an undertaker somebody said i don't understand why why did you do all that she said well i thought my life through and i wanted to make sure things were right and decent and in order so she said i married one for the money and two for the show three to get ready and four to go I'll tell you why you're in church tonight. You want to get ready. Somebody said, get ready, 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 get ready. I'm not playing. I'm not twiddling my thumbs when I sing the glad songs of Zion. I'm not coming into this place to just pretend. We're not pretenders. We're not just walking through playing a game here. This thing is real. Some old songwriter said, it's real, it's real. I know it's real, it's Pentecostal blessing, and I know, I know it's real, 
It's real, it's real, I know it's real. It's Pentecostal blessing, and I know, I know it's real. These, these, these things, they're born in you. They're born out of the fire. They're born in the mire. They're born when you're little, and nobody even knows if you'll ever have any money. Nobody now, and nobody can see you unless they get past your administrative staff. And but you, you down in the lowdown of your heart, you knew who you were when you were playing in that tree long time ago. And the God of heaven walked into that spot when the wind blew strong, and you had an encounter that nobody knows about, but God does. And he walks up to you like he did Nathaniel when he first called him in John, the first chapter. And it was John who told us this encounter when Nathaniel, Jesus said to Nathaniel, come follow me. And uh, Nathaniel said, all right, I'll do that. And, and uh, the Lord said, Nathaniel, when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. And Nathaniel was just walking. But when he heard fig tree. How did he know? <laughs> Nobody knows about the victory. He, he, he knows about the victory. My dad, he, he couldn't date my mother because she didn't have the Holy Ghost. <laughs> He loved her when he, she was 15, okay. Their, their romance story is amazing. He never kissed any girl in his life except his mother. And he didn't kiss my mom until she was engaged to him. I told him, I said, Dad, you were a chicken. I'm sorry. You were afraid. But uh, my dad, to this day, he can't, he can't tell the story. He was out under the hood in San Diego fixing his spark plugs. Those are things in a in a car, okay. And he had to replace his spark plugs. And he had that, I think it was a five sixteenths down there. And he said, David, I was fixing it when mama stuck her head out the door. She said, David. He said, Yeah. And this is when he'll start crying. He said, Mama said. Linda got the Holy Ghost last night. <laughs> now he can hardly walk with long steps. He holds her hand when they walk. And the cutest little thing you've ever seen. It's like watching Brother Sister Myers walk around. I mean, just... I'm, I'm wanting my wife and me to be like that when we get old. I've got a long way to go be like these men, though. David, when you were under the hood of that car, I saw you. See, every one of you have a story, a place, just like that. And that miracle points to this miracle. This was right before this miracle. And the, the essence of what I'm saying is this miracle, and I've botched this. Please forgive me for botching this up. But here's my point is the whole of this miracle was to let everybody know 
I've got more than enough. It will not always look that way. It will not always feel that way. The most of the rest of my ministry, you're going to wonder where I can sleep and where I lay my head. You're going to wonder why I don't have a better wardrobe. You're going to wonder why I've been abandoned on the cross. And you're going to be confused walking on a road to Emmaus. But I want to remind you, my first miracle was that I will always have more than enough. More than enough. Shall we stand? And when you get to Hebrews 11, which is an amazing favorite chapter of all of ours, the writer of Hebrews, which is that book written to the Gentiles by Paul, He's trying to get us to understand it. He gives us all these illustrations of people who left some substance and walked after faith. 18 times in 40 verses, he uses this staccato of who by faith. Who by faith. Who by faith. It's like a drumbeat. Who by faith. Who by he, He's not wore out with it. Who by faith. Well, it doesn't look like they had much. Who by faith? It didn't look like there was enough in heaven for them. Who by faith? It looks like God forget them. Who by faith? And when he's done with this drumbeat, he finally gets to the 12th chapter. Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us run the race. I like to have a little gathering at the end of the preach. And why don't you walk up to this front? And let's come and reaffirm that, Lord, we know you got enough. You got more than enough. You're the God of plenty. You're the God of plenty. You're the God who wanted to set a precedent of plenty. When I feel like you're running out, I want to remind myself you got more than enough. When it seems like you forgot about my fig tree, I want to remind myself you knew about when I was in the fig tree, when I was under the hood of that car, when I was holding that dish rag. It's the miracle plenty. Oh, you're worthy of it all. You're worthy of it all. For from you are all things, and to you are all things. You deserve the glory. Worthy of it all, Jesus. Worthy of it all. For from you are all things, and to you are all things. You deserve glory. He's got your plenty tonight. He's got your plenty tonight. Oh yes, you're worthy of it all. 
Flow in my 